The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talking Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Colored Street And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. It's a Tuesday edition of Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We are live from the Star in Frisco, Texas in the SWBC studios. It is now officially week 12 of the NFL season and we are going up against the Carolina, or excuse me, not the Carolina Panthers. They've already taken down the Carolina Panthers. We beat the Kitty Cats. 33 to 10 was that beat down. (laughs) All right, Nate Newton. I did, I did. He called them the the Carolina Kitties all week. That's it. That was all he called. That's all what he called them. That's what they ended up being. But they're taking on the Washington Commanders on Thursday. Thanksgiving showdown at AT&T Stadium. We've got Isaiah Stanback, John Machota back in the building. GM. Nick Harris, Chris Beam. First off, John, it's the first time you've gotten to see Nick Harris alive after Friday's show. Uh, what did you think? I know you were watching because you were texting Nick in the middle of it. Um I was not surprised that he handled it as well as he did. Let's go. Uh, Thanks, man. That's a real that's a real support uh, right there. Yeah. And did went in thinking that it would be very entertaining from the, you know, hot sauce perspective. Did not think that the whipped cream would steal the show. <laughs> um, and I say that as a person who's probably watched, man, at least thirty, maybe more of those hot ones mm-hmm. uh, uh, interviews on YouTube. Uh, that you know they ha- they go through that process of wings. Uh, yeah eating I don't know eight ten wings and then mm-hmm. the hot sauce keeps getting hotter and hotter and so watching those you've seen I've just seen so many different things that people have done whether it be drink beer water milk milkshakes ice cream whatever I've never seen the whipped cream <laughs> and so when he did that I'm like they need to incorporate that because it like it was it, a setup yeah it was a setup I don't know if you guys know that or not but that was a setup that, there you go that was that was amazing Isaiah <laughs> Isaiah told me good about luck. it good luck yeah, yeah. Isaiah just, was like I'm gonna get him some whipped cream and I was like really I was like why I was like well, I've never heard of that same yeah, thing yeah. of what you're saying I was like I've never heard of anybody using whipped cream before and he's like trust me it's worth it. <laughs> I was like, all right, dude, whatever. Nobody, you're not going to turn down whipped cream if it's sitting in front of your face and your mouth yeah. is on fire. Yeah. There's no yeah. chance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've already finished one of those bottles, by the way. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're that's big. good stuff. Okay. <laughs> I also nice. enjoyed that. Don't want to go there. Stop. <laughs> I, also, I, also, I also enjoyed my tracks. <laughs> I also enjoyed Isaiah's, Isaiah's impression of me. You like that? Oh, God. Uh, yeah? I, I was so cra- bad. I was cracking up at that. That was funny. It's like, that that's was not what John even sounds was, like. Was, I laughed, though. Oh, funny. man. No, that, that was, was great. It lived up to the expectations. And a lot of times when you build something up like that, it doesn't. But, no, that mm-hmm. was that was great, man. Like I said, the, the whipped cream really took it took it over the top there. That was hilarious. Oh, one, one of my favorite episodes of all time, if not my favorite episode. Go, my favorite. go back and watch it. It's on YouTube. It's Friday show. It's it's called coming in hot, is uh, is the name of the show. So at go, what point were you back it. to 100? percent Um, goodness, probably not until like 1 p.m. that day. Honestly, yeah. My uh, mouth. Oh, that day you were fine. Yeah, that day I was fine. Wow. Yeah, that day was, was shocking. But like my yes. my mouth, it probably took a, a good couple hours though. Like it was it was yeah. So like you couldn't taste anything. Um, I I could taste things. It was just everything was hot. Mm. Yeah, everything like wow. the whipped cream was hot. Like it was yeah. just it was just a hot day for me. <laughs> it was a hot day for me. Oh, fire hairs. Hot fire. Yeah. Hot yeah. fire. What were your thoughts on the game, John? It's very similar to the Giants game. Mm-hmm. Um gotta say it's my first time they've ever been at, at a at a game where um usually before games I don't sit in the press box. I, I like to walk around, especially if it's a stadium I haven't been to a bunch. And I'm sitting there, and I'm and I see Jimmy Johnson's down there, and then I see that you tweet that there's a 12:40 press conference. I'm like, oh, I better get back up there. And I'm thinking, they're gonna really do this like 10 minutes before this game starts. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a stunner to me. Um, and honestly, I mean, had I missed like the first three series because of that. I can't think of another game where I didn't watch the first three series, so I had to go back and watch those um, just because of that was going on at the time. So that was that's frankly will be the thing that I always remember from that game. And then on, on the field, it just I don't know. Like just talking to some people that cover the Panthers, I just knew it wasn't going to be good for them. I mean, they're in a they're in a bad spot. Like every like the whole thing. It's not just 
on the field, it's off the field, coach, all that. Like, they're not in a good spot there. So um, it would have been bad if the Cowboys would have lost that game. And, hey, when they cut it to 17-10, there was a little bit of that, like, leaning forward in your seat. Like, are they going to let them back into this game? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'd say my biggest takeaway on the field is probably just that how is Deron Bland continuing to do this? I mean, it's it's, it's one thing to get the interceptions. Hey, that's and that's impressive in itself. But to have four pick sixes in one season um, – been playing football for a long time you know and you look at the list of people that have done that and it's not very long and it's not like it just happens oh yeah every three or four seasons you'll get one of these it's very rare that that happens and to think that how much time he's got to possibly get number five um and i don't know why but it just stands out more to me just because just being around him over the last you know year and a half he's just such a quiet dude Mm -hmm. doesn't really say much and uh for a guy that's making those type of plays at the cornerback position, usually you think of someone that would like, you know, have some dances and things like that. And he's not like that at all. He's just completely like laid back, quiet, keeps to himself. And then after the game, I, I don't know, I think the thing that stood out to me, I kept thinking about was just how you have this nucleus of him, Micah, and Trayvon Diggs that you can build on. I mean, they're all in their early 20s. Uh, how big that that could be, you know, going forward on that side of the ball, just because of the time I've covered the Cowboys is mostly been very offensive driven and yeah. now they got these key pieces on defense it really is crazy because i mean the list like you said it's four names and the last time it happened was 1983 this is yeah. the last time that somebody had four pick sixes in a season and we're 10 games in uh, the, there's so much room left to, to work and if you if you even take away the four pick sixes let's say he doesn't have a single pick six this season he's still having a phenomenal year fantastic year but the fact that he scored four touchdowns, which 10, day, 10 games into the season is more than Tony Pollard, it's more than Brandon Cooks, more than most of the key pieces, uh, it, not just in Dallas, but on the offensive side of the football in the NFL, four touchdowns, is a that's a great year for anybody. And he's out there doing things like that, Isaiah. Yeah, I mean, he's taking care of business. I actually went back and reviewed all of his interceptions last night. And, <clears throat> you know, I think there was only one that kind of fell into his lap. Outside yeah. of that, he went and got every single one of them. So, I mean, he's making plays. He's not falling into plays. He's literally positioning himself, um, whether he's closing in on receivers, you know, from being two or three yards away. The ball gets released, and he closes that gap uh, by accelerating ridiculously fast. Um, or he's going up and high-pointing the ball. <clears throat> Or he's just being Johnny on the spot, no matter what it is. He's just he's playing really good ball right now, um, you know. But even aside from the aside from the turnovers, this dude's coverage is is at the top of the league right now. So that's the thing that people need to spend more attention on as well. Obviously, the takeaways is awesome. We did the same thing with Trayvon and um, and DB last year when they had those takeaways. But they're consistent actual defense. Uh, against receivers, game in and game out, outside of turnovers, is something that he needs to be praised for. What has impressed you most? Like, let's just take the one uh, from Sunday, because the way that it, that route starts, he's kind of behind a little bit. Yes. And so there's a part of me where I'm kind of like, is the closing speed the most Im- yes. impressive thing? Is it the, mm, the ability to, to get back to his feet and then <laughs> run back down the field? Yeah. Like, what do you think? What stood out most to you? Closing speed. I mean, three yards. So he was beat by alignment just purely off the ball, right? Nothing he can do about that. He lined up outside a receiver. The receiver decides to run a shallow route, you know, going away from where he is. So right off the bat, he's losing on the route. Okay, the receiver goes all the way across. The receiver made the mistake of going of drifting upfield. It's something that they are very adamant about teaching receivers when you're running a shallow route or a drive route or anything across the formation. You stay flat. Right, so say if I'm running down a 20-yard line, you want to stay across the 20-yard line and maybe even come downhill. <clears throat> you never want to drift upfield because it allows that defensive back the slight, the slight opportunity to sl- come underneath your your route now. And that's exactly what Deron Bland did. That receiver started drifting upfield maybe about a yard or two, not even two, maybe about a yard upfield. And that little bit of an angle up allowed Deron Bland, he came flat the entire time, and he accelerated, took that ball straight out of there, and Tumbled, got up, did a twinkle toes, and kept it going. <laughs> I will say this, um, and and, you, and maybe you guys will disagree with me on this, but the effort of that wide receiver just was so indicative of where I think the Carolina Panthers are at. Like it, it's just like it's it's weird, but I'm just saying, like just covering football, there's like things like that that'll happen that you can just tell, like yeah, stuff's probably not going well over there. Yeah. Like without, I'm just saying, you didn't get to know. I'm not even going to tell you what the records of two teams are. Just just watch this play real quick. Like, what do you who do you think's having a good season? Whatever. <clears throat> just like the whole way that, I, and then I also thought of it from our perspective, I'm like man, we would be 
certainly criticizing that that effort. You're talking about for, effort, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like yeah. Just, I mean, that's, that's what I'm talking about when we're, when we're sitting up here and I'm saying, you know, somebody was like, oh, well, this player's on or off or <clears throat> these guys, you know, lost to this team. I'm like, players literally have the ability <laughs> to turn it off yeah. or turn it on. And if your season's not going well, guys are getting the same check regardless. People yep. don't like to hear that. Right, but it's everybody has a day where they go into work and they kind of check a box. It doesn't say yeah. that's something that you're proud of, but everybody has those days where you check a box. When you're losing and you're a losing team, and you're playing a game that can literally mess up your physical well-being, you're not doing anything extra. If things are, are in shambles, you're like, okay, well, I'm doing my job, doing my job. Oh, that happened. Oh well, well, it's not going to change anything. Yeah, you know, that's that's I, that's your natural instinct for most guys. It's just like mm, for what. You know, if your coaching staff is messed up, if you're having issues with your coaches, if the front office is trash, if the training staff is out there, you know, doing some you know shenanigans on the back, and there's a whole lot of things that go on within a, a, a professional football organization that will lead players to turn the switch off. And when things aren't going well, it's easier to, easier um, than not just to keep it off. Is that indicative of bad coaching? <clears throat> the fact that players, I mean, I know players will naturally do that, but isn't a coach's job to? Make sure they're in that. Position. Yeah, I mean, it's, but if you don't care for your coach, hmm. well, I'm not giving what, what, what yeah. no extra effort. Or yeah. if you know that your coach isn't going to be there that long, like Facts. you got a three, to four point. year deal, and you're like this, my guy's yeah. not going to be here for another six games. Yep. He'll probably be gone. Now, like, with, now with times where you will see guys' effort up higher, and I, I know what I'm saying, people don't want to hear, but I'm just telling you the truth. Okay, that's just what it's behind it is. the scenes. Yeah, yeah. Behind the scenes. So if <clears throat> somebody's in their contract year, oh, you're going to get the hustle. Yeah. You're gonna get the you're gonna get the kung fu hustle because now all of a sudden everything I do is on film and you need to see it and I need to make sure I have all positive plays. Just call it the kung fu hustle. Kung fu hustle, baby. Yeah, okay. yeah. So. I don't know. For me, and I think probably I think a lot of Cowboys fans would feel the same way. Is that on on a Cowboys team that gets so much of a spotlight on it? There is one if things are going badly and if you do something wrong, like. We'll just use the Carolina Panthers as an example because mm-hmm. they just play them. All right. We were talking about this in the press box. 2020? Yeah. One of the highlights of 2020, which is a low light, mm-hmm. is Xavier Woods doing the Zoom interview saying about how, like, well, you're not going to go out there and make every play. Yeah. Hey, say that for the Carolina Panthers. We won't even know about it. That no. thing led SportsCenter when he did yeah, that. Yeah, it did. I will never forget that. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just something like that. But, like, the Cowboys, so on one side, it's it's magnified. The other is when things are going well. Why wouldn't you want to be part of, like, the Cowboys team that finally won a Super Bowl after 27-plus oh, yeah. whatever years? So there's, it just is a little bit different yep. with the Cowboys because if you do some of that stuff, it's going to be the major talk, talking point, like, for the next couple of days nationally. Not just oh, locally, they'll be you know? household names. If they ever get it done, and they're already household names because they're part of the Dallas Cowboys, but even more so than yeah. what, what it is now, it'd be unbelievable, the, the amount of attention that's already on this team. If they are the ones that finally end that drought, that's I don't even know. That's I mean that year, that 2020 year, because we you know it was during the pandemic, so we did all those Zoom interviews. Yep. I'm telling you, two of my biggest takeaways that are not takeaways, memories from 2020 are literally the Xavier Woods saying that on the call, and then the defensive coordinator getting hot sauce in his eye again. Oh, uh, that was like a thing that was like led Sports that. Center. <laughs> don't worry, me. <laughs> you, you didn't uh, you didn't lead Sports Center. Nah, nah, not not this time. I want to backtrack real quick. Which of Bland's interceptions do you think? Landed in his lap. Was it the Rams one or the Giants one where Trayvon lobbed it up? Yeah, to it was him? a Trayvon. Trayvon yeah, one. Trayvon I feel like the Rams that. one was kind of given to him too. I mean, it was a bad bad decision, but he went up and high pointed and got it right. The, yeah, it was like super uh, underthrown and it just it, went right yeah. into his. Yeah, from yeah, Stafford threw out into the flat, and it was super and he underthrown and he right was away. Right there, yeah. I mean, it was it was good instincts, yes, but I, it kind of fell. So even on even on, I was so, just curious which no, one no, you were so talking. Even on about. that one, I watched that one last night as well. Even on that one, he was in position and he still had to cut and make go make a play on it, right? Yeah. The the one on Trayvon, Trayvon made the Trayvon hit, on, hit on, him. He yeah. hit he yeah. hit Saquon Barkley. The ball popped up. Yeah. They were playing zone and it just landed in his lap, right? So okay, that was more so like the one that he kind of fell into it. Still was in position, all that kind of jazz. But that was the one that I say he didn't have to work for. All the other ones, he went and got himself. The yeah. thing I keep thinking about too is that okay. So what point does it get where quarterbacks will stop testing a guy? And then I just think of well, if you have him on one side and then you know Diggs on the other when he's healthy, like well, you're going to still have to throw to somebody. Like you're going to have to target yeah. somebody. Like you can't just not throw to one side. It's one thing when it's like that year with like when the Jets went out and got Darrell Revis. You're just like, well, don't throw over to Revis's side. You know, do something. And I think they had Cromartie on the other side or whatever. So yeah, it's like they were sure. terrible. But I'm just saying, like, it was like, all right, just don't don't throw. To You're not going to throw to Revis. Throw to you know? Revis. Yeah. But 
now if you've got two guys like that, what are you going to do? And then you have Micah Rush in the passer and everything that comes with that, all the extra attention and stuff like that. I mean, the Cowboys are in a good spot defensively going forward. Yeah, it's really exciting to see. In, in, there's guys stepping up every week, but Deron Bland, man, it's it's really <clears throat> cool to see what he's doing. Real quickly, before we take our first break, do we have any news and notes? Yeah, we'll just uh, address the injury report that came out of yesterday. Since it is a short week, there are three practice days. Um, you know how typically Tuesday, uh, typically Mondays and Tuesdays are kind of slow around here. Mm-hmm. Not the case this week. Um, they uh, The uh, Cowboys had a practice walkthrough yesterday, so they released uh, an injury report, kind of an estimation had they had a full practice. And there were a few guys that did not practice, or a couple of guys that did not practice. Rico Dowdle with his ankle injury that almost kept him out of the game on Sunday, but he ended up playing. Uh, he did not practice yesterday with that same ankle injury. Jaron Curse with a back injury uh, did not practice. CeeDee Lamb with an ankle injury was limited. And Terrence Steele with an ankle injury was limited. And then Kevontae Turpin, Osa Digizua, and uh, Peyton Hendershot were all full participants. Uh, we were able to ask Mike McCarthy about the concern level about CeeDee Lamb and Jaron Curse yesterday. He said, quote, there's not a high concern. So uh, looks like Good. those uh, by the sound of that, it sounds like there's confidence in Thursday, but uh, nothing's a given just yet. End dog is full, huh? Yeah, so he's been full ever since he's he's been brought back, or since his practice window has been open. And that was another question that was asked yesterday. Um, it, it's still kind of up in the air if he gets activated before Thursday. He's got one he gets, more week, right? Yeah, or does he have to go yeah. to the end of the week, and then he has to be on the active roster? I think he can uh, miss these next two games, but then the Monday after the uh, Seahawks game, he would have to be activated. Got it. I think, I think that's, that's 21 the end of the 20, days. 21 yeah. days. But um, but yeah, he doesn't have to be activated ahead of the Commanders game because they would have to make room for him too. That's mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. He's seeing these tight ends getting these receptions. Schoonmaker, Ferguson, Hendershot's. He's the. I think he's the best playmaking tight end on the roster as a pass catcher. Yeah, as a pass catcher. Yeah, and a route runner. I think he's the best at that. He just hasn't shown it. I mean, he, we've seen it in practice. Yeah, he hasn't he's been he, hurt. Yeah, I'm saying, but we've seen it right behind the scenes. Yeah. We've seen it. We've seen what he's capable of doing. The fans necessarily haven't seen a whole lot, but we know what he's capable of. He just has to bring it to the field. I will say, I was thinking about it the other day, just with the excitement on on the defensive side of the ball of the young pieces that are starting to step up. I still wish Demarvin Overshone was in that mm-hmm. on that defensive side, and then off, offensively, John Stevens. Those were two guys that oh, yeah, flashed in training morning. camp, yeah. Yeah. and both of those guys would have been so fun. Just in their respective positions and didn't get a chance to see it this year. A lot of talent that's not on this roster right now, quote-unquote roster. I blame yeah. you because they got hurt in Seattle. Mm. Both of them. I blame you. See what he did there? I did. I thought I was going to get some of that next week. I'm getting that this week? Yep. We can start it early. You're wearing the Kraken hoodie. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to wear Seattle. Did they win last night? That. You know, probably. Probably. <laughs> he doesn't even know. The Stars won last night. <laughs> stars put up six unanswered goals last night against oh, the yeah? New York Rangers. That's cool. That's cool. How many wins you guys got? Early in the season. We'll see you guys in the playoffs again. Yeah, I don't know if you'll make it there. All right, when we come back here on Talking Cowboys, it's a Talking Tuesday. Give us a call, 888-855-2297. If you don't want to give us a call, you can text us at 817-290-3298. We're going to talk to the fans when we come back right after this. Call me now. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile bank. 
banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time. But what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment is brought to you by Invisalign, official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. We've got some texts on the text line so far, and then we've got a couple callers to get to, 888-855-2297. Uh, the first one is from the 214, or no, 210, where'd it go? All of these just disappeared on me. I got you. 214, there it is. Uh, throws it all the way back to a conversation we had previously. He said, the hot sauce segment... He should. We should make it a a, a weekly thing. I, I don't know if uh, any of us are up for a weekly go segment nah. like that one. Um, <laughs> you think I'm done with that? <laughs> John's got it. Uh, but he he went back to an old conversation about the ends of the bread. Oh, it's a good conversation. Ends of the bread. He said it goes in the trash. Wow. Yeah, I disagree, man. What? Now nah, the like, ends of like the bread. bread, like bread crust. Basically? Yeah, like the the end of the bread. Yeah, the, I actually passed that. Question. Oh, call oh, it the I booty bread. I passed like, that question along to social this year, and they asked the players. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're talking like in a in a loaf of a in bread. a loaf of bread like at the, the, top, the, of the end of la- yeah, yes. top and the bottom of the last. Okay, I, I, that's I, always going in the garbage. I'm sorry. No, I'm not eating that. I what? W- I will eat it. <laughs> no, you come from privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will eat it. But my dog loves bread. Like that is his thing. He is like he flips out over bread. So I give him the end of the bread. I, that, that's the one. What a I'm treat for him. Bro. Oh, he flips what a treat. out. He flips bro, out. What are you doing with this end of the bread? Shout out to Huncho. Yeah, Making listen, a sandwich? Listen, yeah. I'm a peanut butter and jelly guy. Okay? okay. So if I have three pieces left of the loaf, okay. Okay. I grab the regular piece, regular piece, and then you have the end cap, okay? Booty bread, end yeah. cap, whatever you want to call it. Right. <laughs> I'm making a, a triple layer. Mm hmm. That's a trifecta. I, mean, I guess where I'm coming from is. That's not getting tossed. Okay. But. <laughs> Are you ever grabbing that first? Like, oh, oh, this guy no, one of the no, end no, pieces. No, no, it's definitely the last. It's the last. last resort. No, you okay, definitely okay. bypass. Oh, right. Yeah, you bypass the end cap at first. Okay. But, but when it comes down to that last one, if there are three pieces of bread, two full pieces in the end cap, oh, I'm making a three a three uh, okay. part sandwich. Okay, I can see that. All right, something else. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I thought you meant like you're going for that because it's like your favorite part. I'm just yeah. Like, Nobody's going for that. Yeah. You, I'll do the end pieces and make like a yeah, sandwich. Yeah, I'll make a sandwich. Out of that. Oh, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. See this privilege right here. He passes on it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, now I give it to my dog, but. Yeah. Oh. A dog is the privilege now. A dog is the privilege. Uh, from the 925. Can you avoid this, Kyle? Would you? If you had I three just pieces? said I would make a okay. sandwich. Out of yes. The three pieces. I do make sandwiches. Are you kidding me? Better yeah, nice. no, stop. <laughs> All right. 925 <laughs> says Landry has a hat. In the ring of honor has a hat, yes. like his, yes, his fedora. It's awesome. Uh, what is Jimmy Johnson's symbol going to be? I'll tell you right now, when I was sitting at that press conference here, there's multiple times where I looked at him and I was like, I can't believe that his hair still looks like <laughs> that. Amazing. It looks the exact same. It looks as the amazing. Day when that, I mean, if there was something with Jimmy, it would have to be his hair. I mean, I, look, I just think, think about when they awesome. won that first Super Bowl. What did Emmett do? He messed up Jimmy's yep. hair. You know, it was like, oh, hey, we're going to mess up his hair. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's hair for me in sports, I guess for coaches. I don't know. Like I put it up there with like kind of like Pat Riley was another one. Like when they won, people Damn would right. want to like Slug mess Joe. up his hair. You know. Damn right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's go, Pat. And there's probably some other ones I'm forgetting, but it would have to be his hair. That's what I was thinking. Um, so Tech Shram has a star. It wouldn't surprise me if they just put a star. Just put a star. Yeah. 
There's no way. There, there's no maybe way. a whistle. I don't, I don't there's know. no way. There's maybe. hair would be awesome. There's no way they're just putting yeah, a little piece. The hair like, would be awesome. Like like the Lego hair. Like yeah, they're just like just, they're just putting the hair like <laughs> next to the name. There's no way they're doing that. I would they just love put it like that. over his name. Like oh, a, that'd be awesome. Like a toupee. Though. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in now. <laughs> uh, Doug from Florida wanted to remind Isaiah that the Kraken lost in overtime yesterday. Had the lead with four minutes left to go in the third and lost it. Mm. It's okay. yeah, so there you go. We gotta have that settled. <laughs> yeah, whatever. The Kraken could be 0 and 18. Right now, and I don't think I don't think Isaiah would. Know. Isaiah would have no clue. Crack is a T-shirt fan. Go Seattle Sonics, baby. <laughs> uh, Mike from Boston. This is a this is a good question. How concerned are you with our slot corner situation right now? With with Jordan Lewis seems to be a step behind, is what he says. His ability to stay healthy worries uh, worries Mike. Uh, who would be the next corner up if you were able to need a cornerback? He said, happy Dallas Cowboys Thanksgiving. Um, yeah, let me start on this one because I actually had a conversation with uh, Zach Wolchuk from the fan about this last night. It's funny. Night. He texted me last night about it, too. About the same exact thing? Uh-huh. That's funny. Um, yeah, we had a conversation about it just because I had ri- I had written um, after the Panthers game that Jordan Lewis is starting to stack some really good reps, and he's had a couple of good games. I'm not sitting here saying that he is um, – I'm not sitting here saying that he hasn't had bad stretches of this season because he has. I think he started the season really poorly. Uh, but if you factor in the fact of him having to come off this rehab for so long, not getting training camp, uh, not getting those first few practices of the season, then just having to jump into the year, um, it was always going to take him a while to get to get back to used to playing football. Uh, I think he's to that point now. Like I, basically, what I wrote in Sunday uh, Sunday's call, or column, whatever you want to say, is that I, I feel like he is back to where he he wants to be. I think if you would ask him, be like, okay, I'm probably pretty comfortable right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the one drive that sticks out to me from the Carolina game was the one where they drove eight minutes down the field in 17 plays and three fourth down conversions and the five Adam Thielen receptions and three of them were on on Jordan Lewis. Um, yeah, he got beat a couple times on that drive, but if you look aside from that drive, uh, he was stacking some really good reps. He stacked good reps against the Giants, and he did it against the Rams as well, against that really talented receiver group. So uh, Jordan Lewis is continuing to be highlighted every single week based on the slot matchups that these, uh, these Cowboys have had to face recently. And I think in the last three weeks coming off the bye he's done a better job than he did before the bye that being said um you know if if he if there's not any more improvement from this exact point then i still think there's something that needs to be figured out at the slot going forward so you're trying to bring back kelvin joseph (laughs) he did already say that you don't have to you don't have to Oh, well, yeah, you did. He did say that. I still stand on it. Bring back Kelvin Joseph. Need corner depth. Need gunner depth. Let's uh, go. Next up would probably be Mukwamu. <laughs> it, probably. I don't think they're moving Ron Bland they're back not inside. Why it, would would be, it would be Izzy or Wanye Thomas, in my opinion. Yeah. And I would like to see either of those guys get a shot. But the thing is, bring back Gilmore and let Bland work in the slot um, for another one or two years. Like I, I'd be completely okay with that. Yeah. Mm. I'd be completely okay with that. Okay. Anything on Jordan? Uh, you can't expect J. Lou to be a old J. Lou right off the bat after that injury that he sustained. That's just – I talk about injuries and overcoming them all the time. It's going to take some time for him to come back to be full strength, just like it's going to take some time for Terrence Steele to be Terrence Steele. If you give Terrence Steele grace, please give Jordan Lewis grace. These are, these are real injuries that are hard to overcome. These guys are out here fully capable of making plays and doing their job. It's just there's going to be times where they still question their abilities and question their response, their body's response to things. Let them go through those growing pains. Yeah. You're winning ball games. It's not killing you. Yeah. Um, let them, he's, he's, they will be there when you need them. Yeah, I agree. Sean from Austin said, missed the first part of the show. Did John see the hot sauce bet pay off? You guys are awesome. <laughs> Love the podcast. He did, and we talked about it. Go back and watch it, uh, Sean. You'll you'll get caught up. You'll like you'll like John's answer. Uh, Dan from Philly says the end pieces are great for grilled cheese. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, yeah they yeah. are. Yeah. Uh, Kent in Las Cruces says for Jimmy they need to add a can of Super Hold hairspray. <laughs> yeah. Just bring the, the hairspray. That's cool. We've got some more Cowboys questions to hit, but first let's go to Seth in New York. You're on Talking Cowboys. Seth, what's going on? Good morning, guys. How are you? Great. How are you? What's on your mind? Uh, so I got a question, and my question is basically I'm going to give you guys four names. Who would you rather have starting a franchise? Mm-hmm. Jack Prescott, Josh Allen, Tua Tungavailoa, Jalen Hurts, and I'm going to throw in Patrick Mahomes because we just saw Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes last night, and I have feelings. Okay. 
All right, so there's the five five names. Thank you, Seth. Appreciate the call. Five names. I mean, it was going to be tough before the Mahomes was added in there. Yeah, I think Mahomes, Mahomes would be the easy pick for me. Yes, same. But so let's take let's take him out of there. Let's, uh, he said original four names, so let's go with the four names. It was Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Tua Tagovailoa. Okay. Mm. Who am I starting a franchise with today? Today. <clears throat> Why don't y'all go first? <laughs> Hurts. Yes, Jalen Hurts. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to be the you, first. You one want to say you it. want Jalen Hurts? No problem being the first guy. Yeah, no Hurts. <clears throat> he has more physical capabilities than any of those other guys. Mm, he doesn't have a stronger arm than are you three of those guys. There's not a throw that you feel like he misses. He has full ability to utilize his legs. And he's willing to use his legs. I also think he schemed yeah. up the right way. It was Hurts to I mean, adjust anybody. Dak Prescott. Dak. Oh yeah, Dak. that's right. Um, I would go. I would probably say Hurts right now, just because of the season Josh Allen's having. Before the season, I would have said Josh Allen. I probably would have too. Um, Dak injuries, age, or start start factoring. But then I feel that way. It's coming with Hurts too. I mean. He's not going to play like that five years from now. He might not play like that two years from now. They said they said start your franchise with. Yeah, yeah. but the, but yeah, my, but when I'm looking at who I'm starting my franchise with, I'm looking not just for this year. I'm looking down the way. The next, I mean, quarterback. <clears throat> you should be looking at ten years. Sure. Oh, you man. shouldn't with one of those top quarterbacks in today's game, where every every t- every tough tackle there is is taken out of the game to make the, them. Every, they, the the game is designed for your franchise quarterbacks to play fifteen years in this league. I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have played ten years in this league mm-hmm. already. That should be your goal. What are you saying? I'm, I'm not. I'm not expecting anybody to play five years in this league. Really? I'm not counting. Five? I'm not counting on ten years. Ten. No, definitely not counting. I'm looking at the five quarterback years. Quarterback position. That's the expectation. Yeah. That's, that's cool for you guys. That's but not me. I know. But I mean, I like, know it's, it's not realistic. Yeah. But that's what you have to do from a franchise standpoint because you can't say, okay, let's press pause on this thing for five years and then maybe five years down the line, then we'll give them a realistic opportunity to make it. No, you put. Your, your chips to the middle of the table with your quarterback position. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, you've got to try it again. This is season number how it goes. eight with Dak Prescott. That's awesome. He's going to make it 10 years. He is. There's two attack of Aloha. We're, we're talking about he's going to make it 10 years. We're talking about Patrick starting Mahomes, your franchise. He's going to make it 10 years. Exactly. Yeah, we're talking about, they, we don't have to have the same you know perspective. I, I personally am not <laughs> expecting any player to last 10 years. I'm not relying on a player to have a 10-year career in one spot. Wow. So you're not relying on Patrick Mahomes. To I was, be that guy he's all I keep thinking about when he's saying this. I'm saying like, I'm like I'm, I'm not putting all chips. Yeah. And he might I'm play still, some of his best ball in year 13, listen, 14. I'm 15. drafting people to be in position should something happen before 10 years. That's okay. I'm not. I'm not. Again, my not my, f- my outlook is five years. Then that's, that's not a, that's not a franchise quarterback. Exactly, because if you're a GM and you're like, okay, I can pick anybody to have a franchise quarterback. Longevity might be like number two on the list of things I would need. One yeah. talent, two longevity, and with that, I take Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not even close. Yeah, for me. it's Mahomes and his. Wait, not Aaron Rodgers? He's in like season eighteen or nineteen. <laughs> Mahomes, again, Mahomes is only I, ever is time. I am not <laughs> ever pl- planning on anybody okay. lasting ten right. years. That's if it a- happens, awesome. But I'm not putting all my chips and relying on one person to last me 10 years. Yeah, now, 10 years ago, I would agree with yeah. you. But the way that the game is now, I mean, they're making it so that these guys aren't going to get major or shouldn't get major hits and things yeah. like that. I mean, they want them to be as safe as possible because, let's be honest, it's it's the best for the league if that happens. It's the best for the league if Joe Montana plays 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the best for the league if Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, these guys, play 15, 20 years. Yeah, and play at a high level right. through that time. Hurts uh, and Tua are both 25. Those would probably be my two picks there just because they are younger, and we're talking about durability, longevity between the two. I know Tua's probably had some injury history, so I'd probably say Hurts. Out of the four that we took, Patrick Mahomes out of the mm-hmm. conversation. Um, if if they were the same age, if the, if Dak Prescott was still 25 and I'm starting a franchise today, I would probably pick Dak, but just not right now. Not, not at this point where the ages do line up. Uh, all right, we've got – we're going across the pond this time around. We've got Reggie in Germany. You're on Talking Cowboys. Reggie, what's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? How you all doing? What's going doing on? great. All right, first, I just want to wish all of you guys a wonderful Thanksgiving Thanks. with the family. Um, hope you have a wonderful time. We don't celebrate it over here. That's a mm. bummer. Yeah. Um, that's my favorite holiday, and I really miss my family on that day. But um, I wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. Well, Appreciate thank you very much, Reggie. 
Um, secondly, I want to put, um, I want to extend that conversation you were having on um, our injured players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were talking about um, Moshan. Um, I'm sorry, I always get his name screwed up. Um, our linebacker, um, Demarvin um, Overshone. Overshone, that's mm-hmm. right. Overshone and um, Hendershot and um, a couple other guys that 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 will be returning mm-hmm. shortly. Um, the question is, we've already got a really talented team. We were discussing that. So when they come back, who has to go? Somebody has to leave. Good How question. How would you guys handle that? Yeah, appreciate the question, Reggie. Appreciate the call. Two good questions today. So who's the odd man out out of that group of, of players? Hendershot, Stevens, we'll throw him in there since we talked about him earlier. Is Who's the odd man out or who on your roster has to leave? Or yeah, or when those guys come back at some point. Yeah, down the we, line. I think we addressed that a couple of days ago um, in terms of who would have to be the guy that leaves, and I think we all kind of settled on Billy Amafahoko, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and then he did. <laughs> yeah, they put him on IR. Yeah, that happened. Yep. yep. So okay, yeah. but hold on. I guess um, I'm lost on this. Um, with Stevens and Overshone, though, then they're not coming back. I think. I think he was referring to the injured players this year. I think I misunderstood. Oh, he was okay. referring to guys this year that are going to return back. Yeah, 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 he was yeah. talking about uh, Hendershot. Like yeah. when Hendershot oh. comes back, who's mm-hmm. the odd man yeah, out? Yeah, yeah. So Maybe at the tight end position. They, I would say Sean McEwen. But, mm. Is Hendershot the only one that would come back that's on IR right now? I can double-check that. I believe that. so. Yeah, I think you're think right. I believe so. Yeah, I think everybody else is out for Depending it. on what position, I mean, yeah. I mean, so depending on what position, obviously Hendershot would probably be the, the guy that comes back, and then yeah. at that point, Sean McKinnon <clears throat> would have to step away. Um, if it was another position group, then I think you'd probably get rid of uh, Deuce Vaughn, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because if you look at guys that have been inactive consistently, especially as of, as of late, guys that really haven't contributed in big-time moments, it, Deuce Vaughn would probably be the first one that jumps to Well, Brooks. Eric Scott Jr. Jalen Brooks, Brooks has been awesome. He's been contributing special teams for sure. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying, like, depending yeah. on the position, right? I mean, you're not using all those receivers. I think right they now. would take Igbenogany before Brooks. Yeah, and I think they would take, I think they would take Vaughn before they take Igbenogany. Um, uh, Eric Scott Jr. Yeah, Eric Scott yeah. Jr. is on that conversation as well because he hasn't been active really at all. <clears throat> special teams, regular, doesn't matter. I Who's mean, the least likely to get picked up by another team? Oh, it's not Eric Vaughn. Scott. It's definitely not Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn is getting somebody's going to pick him up. Yeah, I'm not saying that that necessarily is <clears throat> where he'll be and whatever, but I'm just saying I I can see someone picking him up. Yeah, I'm looking C.J. Goodwin. He he'll probably come back off of IR. Probably not. No, you not don't think year. so? He's no, done. No, no. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot about that storyline. Uh, is will Let's go out for the year. The year. He could be. Yeah. So I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's about it. Right. Yeah. So, all right, let's take our second break. When we come back, we'll keep taking your phone calls, answering the text messages. Keep the good questions flowing. We've had some good ones today already. 888-855-2297. More Talking Cowboys right after this. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com. Black.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. Ah! 
But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We've got John Machoda, say stand back. Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Chris Beam in the back. Mike from Maryland. He provided us a statement What's on that, the text Mike? line. He said, with all praise, the secondary is getting and glad to see them balling out. More love needs to be given and shown to cornerback coach Al Harris for the incredible job he's been doing with this group. And I completely agree. Completely agree. He's a dude. You know he's my uncle, right? Mm-mm. I'm joking. <laughs> no, he's a dude. Uh, we, Nick we, Harris, <laughs> Al Harris. Yeah, I think it, it's it. not an accident, the position groups that are that are rising on this team. When you think about the tight end group with Linda Wells, doesn't matter who goes in that room, somebody always always pops out as a primary contributor to this team. Now you're seeing it at the cornerback position. Doesn't matter who goes in that room, somebody outside of your high draft picks pops up as a primary contributor to this team. It's a testament to this coaching staff. It's a testament to the front office for getting these guys and putting them on staff and taking care of them financially so they don't go jump ship. Um, they have a solid staff, man. They really do have a solid staff. Um, there were some hard decisions that were made last year mm-hmm. <clears throat> where some really good coaches had to leave. Um, but I think the guys that are in place and have been in place, you're starting to see the benefits and the payoff, right? You're starting to see the upside of keeping these guys in place and allowing them to develop this talent. I'm, I'm one with it 100%. Yeah. Uh, two, five, three. Oh, this is Maurice McCray from Tacoma, Washington. What's up, Stinky Town, Tag Town? Uh, longtime listener. <laughs> I was say the same thing. Sorry. <laughs> the exact same thing. Took it right out of John's uh, vocabulary. My question is that I would like to see Sam Williams out there more often, being that we're a little light at the linebacker position. Why not put him back there and use his speed to be more effective along with his size? I, you guys laugh. He is I'm playing not la- gunner. I'm not I'm laughing at the question. I'm laughing at Isaiah's reaction, okay? <laughs> People aren't watching. You don't get to see some of the reactions I get to see. That's why I was laughing. He's I was not laughing. The question's not a bad question. Sam Williams is a good player. Yeah. I just was laughing at Isaiah's face. Yeah, he's doing a great job at what they're asking him to do. <clears throat> a big portion of coaching is putting your guys in position to be successful based upon their attributes that they possess. Sam Williams does a great job of running straight and fast yep. and physical and relentless. That's why they put him at gunner. 260 pounds at the gunner position going against 200, 180 to 200 pound defensive backs. Yeah, he's dominating at the gunner position. All these fair catches are not happening by chance. He is forcing fair catches. Uh, my, my boy Matthew Slater, who's been to 172 Pro Bowls out there in New England, the majority of the reasons why he goes to the Pro Bowl every year because he forces fair catches play after play after play and it's the play that nobody pays attention to because the dude waves his hand he catches it and then and then you go to commercial right but the reason why that guy's fair catching is because there's a large human being standing in front of him that if you don't catch it he's going to take your head off he's so, not standing in front of him no he's, yeah, he's, he's running he's, he's running full speed yeah so 260 pounds <laughs> running at gunner is crazy they put him in position to do that he's very successful they put him at the defensive end position to fill in whenever the other guys are rotating out what does he do? He's successful as long as he's not making pre-snap penalties and things of that nature. Yeah. Right. So they're putting him in positions that he can handle, and they're building up his tolerance as they continue to, to as he continues to, to gain their trust. 
right? The more successful he is in the small bite sites that they're, that they're giving him, the more trust that he will earn, and then they'll give him more and more opportunities. Let's not take him out of those elements right now. Let's let him continue to build confidence. Let's not throw him to the Lions' wall, you know, Lions, Lions den at linebacker position. That's a whole new monster. Yeah. You see Michael Parsons at the second level. He looks like a fish out of water. Let's put him back on the defensive end position. That has nothing to say, nothing to do with his abilities as a rusher and an athlete. Positions are, are just that. They are specific positions where guys are specialists at. Linebacker is difficult. It is very difficult. Uh, you talk about Vander Esch, his contributions. He's a good, he's a good linebacker. But there's times where Vander Esch is running to the wrong holes because of the reads. You saw the same thing from Micah this past weekend. Micah was at the second level. They did did different runs, and Micah was running to the opposite side of where the run was going. It's a hard freaking position to play. It's high on instincts. It's high on being able to see and trust your eyes and make decisive decisions. It's difficult. So not everybody can play it. Um, that's why a big shout-out to Marquise Bell for what he's been able to do. He even had a rough game in terms of some of his reads his last game. Um, but what he's been able to do coming down not having been his primary position is huge. They're already experimenting with a defensive lineman and moving him back into the second level and Tyrus Wheat. And um, if there were injuries to happen in that second level, um, then uh, Tyrus Wheat would be one of those guys in the in that second rotation. Yeah. Uh, 214 says, good morning. Can you guys talk about Dak's pocket awareness and presence? Yeah. It looks like he's improved in that area since the San Francisco game. Yeah, his I agree. Work, his footwork's crazy right now. It's crazy. When I say crazy, I mean good. Good. Um, you hear Coach McCarthy talk about that day in and day out and during training camp, talking about how important the footwork is to the position group and what they've done to change the footwork at that position this year. And you're starting to really see that show up. He's, you, he's not – He's, it's such a sense thing, right? You you sense guys around you. You use your peripheral, you know, vision to to see guys where most people can't see. You know, this 100, 270 degree radius. You know, in terms of your peripheral vision, you, quarterbacks are able to see that, um, and that is a developed skill. And then your feet have to coincide with what you're seeing, right, and what you're mm -hmm. feeling, and it, it becomes a dance. It becomes a dance. Some of the best quarterbacks that we've seen on earth had great footwork. Drew Brees had great footwork. Tom Brady had great footwork. All these guys, everything started with their feet. And you're starting to see that happen as they get comfortable with this offense. Dak started to really flow around the pocket and move, and, you know, move very, very fluently and then be able to deliver the ball with confidence. And a factor in that, too, is kind of what you talked about last week with players having confidence. Even if you're a star player, like everybody needs confidence in that. I think some of the confidence also comes from the fact that now we got three games in a row with that same starting offensive line. I mean, he's got to feel a little bit more comfortable knowing, hey, you know, I can be looking at different things because I, I know what I got out here. Yeah. You know, I trust this group. I'm sure that that's contributed uh, at least a little bit. There were some plays during the uh, Giants game where he was showing some pocket wizardry, mm -hmm. and he's done it a, a few times this wizardry. season, especially coming off out of the uh, out of the bye. Uh, he's looked really good in that in that department. But man, yeah, there's you're you're seeing it two one zero. You are definitely seeing it. Three one five. This is Scott Murdoch from Rochester, New York. He says there's a lot of chatter from Eagles fans, and of course, whenever it comes from Eagles fans, you got to take it with a grain of salt. They're calling C.D. Lamb slot boy. <laughs> acting like his numbers aren't as impressive because he's lining up in the slot a lot. This makes no sense to me. Isn't that a good thing that CD is a versatile weapon and can be moved around? You know who else is slot boy? Tyreek Hill. <laughs> it's fair. I really wish Kansas City would have won that game. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know who's not slot boy? Marquez Valdez. Dang it. Um, that was horrible. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Appreciate the, the 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 comment question whatever, but Scott keep keep holding your own. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> That's Dang. dumb. Slot boy, really? Oh, oh, he we went it. for. He knows it because he said me mention it. Like I think it was last week or the week before yeah. that. Something that he's like, oh, they're calling me slot. I don't know if he said slot boy or slot whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was after you know he had his like third 150 yard plus game or whatever like that. Yeah. Just when we talked to him during the play. week. He brought it up. So I, yeah, he he's probably hearing that, but he's obviously a complete receiver. Yeah. Even if he was just to play in the slot, go ahead and name name five guys you'd rather have than him. Yeah, that'd be hard. Yeah, that'd be hard right now. And I mean, even Michael Irvin was talking about it a couple weeks ago. He was up here at the Star, and he made the the comment that he has the chance to be the best of all the 88s because, because he can play in the slot. Yeah, because he can play outside. Nice. He has that back and forth versatility with it. And I think if if Michael Irvin's saying that, I'm gonna I'm gonna be all right. Real keep quick. catching balls. Keep yeah. keep scoring touchdowns. Uh, what has impressed you most about Ceedee Lamb's game this year? <sighs> 
I'm not really Some sure. Some of the players talked about his release. So I don't know. If, like he off worked the line, a ton like, this offseason on his releases. Yeah, I mean it's a ton. I mean you see a lot of this Instagram stuff where guys are doing all kinds of craziness. Yeah. It's a lot of that stuff is really just to build your instincts. You know, we talk. I was just talking about instincts in terms of Dak and his footwork. It's the same thing at the receiver position. You can't be thinking yeah. about hey, if he shoots his hand here, I'm going to do this. Like a lot of that stuff just has to be reactive. Yeah. Um, and I think when you train yourself over the entire duration of the summer on one particular portion of your craft, all of a sudden that becomes something that you add to your tool belt. And that's something he's added to his tool belt. People are not able to get their hands on him. If they do get their hands on him, he's getting them off relatively quickly, um, instinctively. Um, and then his focus is on the ball. It's not on the person that's in front of him. I think another thing is the way he attacks the stem of his routes, the way he's able mm-hmm. to, to hit the top of the route and, and create separation. Yeah, It's I mean, it, it it is impressive how much separation he's building, and those things go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, releases and then top of routes being able to create separation. Like, there's a lot of the same things that go into both of those things. So, yeah, you can definitely tell he's a little bit more physical. He's a little bit more confident, and his feet are a lot better as well. Mm-hmm. And all those things combined together, that's that's what you're getting. Yeah. You see him every year; he's adding something. Yeah. Last year he added size. When he came to camp last year, everybody was like, "Dang, see, he put on some size, <laughs> right?" And then this year, you talking about the releases. Dang, okay, here the boys' releases is nice now. So every year he's just he's picking one thing to improve on. It's not like he's trying to attack everything. He's like, "Okay, let me add this to my game. Let me add this to my game." And that's why you're seeing him just continue to get better. Can it's I really get my impressive. sicko bag? You know, can I get my sicko bag for yeah, just a minute? Go for it. Uh, there's a lot of uh, skill trainers that are moving to Houston right now, like mm-hmm. just around mm-hmm. around the country. I don't know why, but there's a lot of them. And he went down to Houston over this offseason, trained with a lot of those guys down there. There's a lot of really good people down there that are doing good work, and you're seeing that manifested. So, yeah, there's a little bit of credit to the city of Houston and what city CD Lamb's been able to do. Well, H Town love. Yep. Okay. When draft time comes around, I'll really get my sicko bag and tell you all <laughs> about Houston. these trainers around here in Houston and Dallas. Can't wait. And, yeah. yeah. That's anyway. a draft show plug right there. Yeah, all right. That's going to do it for us here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. A little bit of a different look this week. Tomorrow will be our final show of the week prior to the Thanksgiving matchup with the Washington Commanders. We're going to preview both sides of the football. We'll have a defensive preview. We'll have Isaiah's QB vision. Plus, we'll make our pick'em standings. We'll give you the update on the pick'em standings tomorrow as well. That does it for us here for Talking Cowboys today, though. For Chris Beam, Isaiah Stanback, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from the Star in Frisco. We'll see you tomorrow on Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!